Welcome uh, to episode 225 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs. It is uh, it's Tuesday, people. Uh, Tuesday, the 29th of June, 2000, 2021. And uh, it is 11 o'clock at night here in the UK, England, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland and Wales. Oh, dear. As our conglomerate. I don't know what it is with me today. Um, but I am in a chipper, chipper mood. Um, because non-footballing fans out there, I have just watched the England-Germany game. I have just seen the mighty England. The mighty England. The might be England. Um, uh, progress against Germany 2-0. Who'd have, who'd have thought that? Who saw that coming, people? Um, not me. <laughs> um, yes, so um, we have progressed against the old enemy. The old, we'll, we'll fight them on the beaches, we'll fight them on the football pitches. Um, yeah, and all that. Something very, uh, I feel very patriotic tonight, people. I don't know. I feel like invading a country. I feel like subjugating their people and teaching them our language and banning their own language. That's where it's got me, people. This is what happens when you're a, a, you watch football and the England team actually win. <laughs> actually progress. Um, when we were drew against Germany, I just thought, oh, fucking hell, man. Um, here we go. Here we go. Out on penalties. Got to be. Got to be out on penalties, innit? Um but uh, but no, uh, it was a uh, it was a good performance. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I've already seen the streams of uh, national pride. Um, it's almost like we've uh, won the Euros now. We've beat Germany. I think uh, if we go out in the next round, then um, I think everyone in the country will be quite happy. Um, no doubt they will. Uh, um, Blame blame it on um, underachieving as ever, but uh, we beat Germany um, tonight, and I, I say we as a nation because um, if you're if you're watching the game in a football shirt as I was, and still am, people, um, you feel part of that team, and um, it was uh, it was a bit of a ride uh, tonight. So um, you know it's. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you see, what you've got these days is you've got a lot of people still holding on to that anti-German feeling uh, from the wars. And you've also got the other people, hey, man, I fucking hate England supporters, man. I fucking hate them. They're all stupid dicks, man. I fucking hate them. But if you're just a normal, regular England supporter who supports the team, and um, as I feel I am, um, you know, it's it's good. I, I don't... Firstly, uh, when it comes to the Euros and that sort of thing, I don't understand people who don't like football. I don't understand that. Um, you know, like, I understand people who don't really, you know, take an interest or whatever. But when there's a, you know, when there's a competition that grips the nation as much as it has and... You know, it's got echoes of like Euro '96 about this tournament because a lot of the games are in uh, a 
at Wembley. Um, it's just, um, I, I don't understand that. Oh, I don't like football. Football shit. I prefer going to the theatre and watching dramas. And that You're never going to have an experience of watching a football game and being into it and seeing the drama that unfolds in front of you in a fucking play. You know, you, you're never going to have that because there's sort of jeopardy on the line, isn't there? There's a certain amount of jeopardy to playing a football game, you know. You know, even even now, watching um, Beckham's free kick against Greece, it still makes the fucking hairs on my arms stand up. I still get that fucking... I remember I was in a pub watching that and the place just fucking exploding. Just went mental. Um, the drama and passion and, um, you know, skill involved in football. That's why it's the most popular sport in the world, isn't it? That's why, that's why people, you know, people in, um, like, obviously this town, Northampton, is quite a big rugby town. It's quite a big rugby union town. And uh, you get people, you know, saying about the virtue. Oh, fucking hell. Here we go. Fuck off, Siri. You cunt. <laughs> fucking just picked up what I was saying on the... <laughs> I just moved my phone and it's picked up what uh what I was saying. I'm sorry. You said it's quite a big rugby town. I didn't understand what you were saying. Shut up. I'll talk to you when I fucking want to, sweetheart. All right. Get back in the kitchen. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's have a bit of coffee and calm down. But you you get people bestowing the virtues of rugby. Rugby's a much more civilised game. and um, Rugby supporters are much more respectful. And yes, they are, because most rugby supporters are fucking middle class. Rugby is a fucking middle class game. I don't give a shit. You can always give examples of, well, this player's working. It's a fucking middle-class game. You're going to get people being respectful on that. But, you know, there's nothing like the excitement of a football game. Rugby doesn't even come close to the amount of skill that is needed to play professional football. Even, like, people people I played with years ago who got signed... Like for certain teams, one guy I think I've said before got signed for Man United or used to play for, and he was fucking amazing. And he was in the team, he was in the age group because I'm of that age group. Um, uh, he was in the age group with Beckham, Skulls, Giggs, the Neville brothers, and that sort of thing. He was the best player I've ever seen by far, and he didn't even make it into that team. He played like in the reserves a couple of times, got injured. He used to play centre-forward for us, and he used to play centre-back for them. That's, that's the you know, so the level that fucking David Beckham must have been at at the age of like 15 or 16 or Ryan Giggs or Scholes or any of those players must be fucking, you know, above and beyond. And then he's got some lumphead just fucking picking up a ball and running forwards with it with his fucking head down. It's a little bit, you know, when you see the stuff that Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo do on the ball and the skills they've got, and then you just see some hulking fucking figure 
with a fucking hat on, you know, because his head's going to fucking constantly be bashing into other people's fucking heads. You think, well, maybe there's a little bit of a skill difference between these two sports. I don't know, man. I've never seen, you know, the fa- even the fact about rugby, the fact they have to pass it backwards, you know, and then they have to progress. And there's just, you know, there's people playing rugby who wouldn't last, you know, half an hour on a football pitch r- doing as much running as they have to do, like off the ball and, uh, you know, running into space and those runs that you make that create space for other people so that you can somebody else can thread the ball through to them. The amount of running that footballers do and the fitness levels that they're at, somebody like Messi or Ronaldo are at, is just fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I don't understand why people don't, you know, I can, I can see people watching a Premier League nil-nil draw and going, this is fucking shit. But when you've got the best players in the world playing in a tournament against each other, and uh, and you see a game like tonight, and you see the sort of like skill and passion and the fucking, you know, you spend most of the game fucking shitting yourself that Germany are going to score, and then that fucking relief. When England scored... It's just, there's nothing like it. And then you start shitting yourself for the rest of the fucking game. (laughs) Hoping England are going to score again and Germany don't. Because we've been there before, people. That's the thing. Let's have a little bit of coffee. That's the thing with being English. and And actually watching the football. You know the fucking heartbreak of it. That's why that, that, the song, the Two Lions song. Two lions, three lions, sorry. That's why the um, three lions, say the two lions, one's gone missing. One's gone missing. One's One's been shot by a fucking dentist in America. There's only two left. Um, that's why the three lions song is so uh, poignant for England fans. Because it's got that sort of like, ah, uh, with fucking, it acknowledges that we've been underachievers for years. You know, um, since the 66 World Cup final for 30 years, you know, we had nothing. It's gone on a little bit longer than that, to be fair. <laughs> now, isn't it? It's gone on a little bit longer than that. But that's why. That that song sums up being an England supporter. It, to be To be quite honest with you, it sums up being English so well, that song. We love a fucking underdog in this country. We love seeing ourselves as the, you know, it almost goes back to the war, like the plucky Brit having a go, you know. We'll go over there, sir, and we'll march over the top with just these sticks. You know. We will march towards our enemy. No running now, boys. We don't want to look bad whilst you're being cut down with machine gun fire. Um, we like we like an underdog in this country. We like them when they stay as an underdog, <laughs> as well. You know, it's the uh, it's almost like the Eddie the Eagle Edwards fucking phenomenon. 
You know, we like we like a trier. We don't give a fuck if we fucking lose. Well, we do a little bit, but as long as we try dad and get cheated out of things or, you know, it goes, you know, we go out on penalties. That's that's the ultimate for us in this country to go out on penalties because um, we can somehow say that that wasn't fair and that we didn't deserve that because it's basically down to fucking luck a little bit um, uh, with the old penalties. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, and people slagging off the England supporters already on Twitter and shit like that, you know, saying, oh, because of the anti-German sentiment at the fucking, you know, I think there was a like a you know there was a there was a roar in the crowd when it went on to a little German girl's face you know crying and that sort of thing and people already already saying oh how could you make that it's part of it it's pantomime that's what that is that's all it is pantomime that's what that's what that's what a football game is with England with supporters watching. You see the difference in crowd songs and crowd humor, and um, between um, an England uh, or Premier League game or any any English supporters, Scottish supporters. There's a difference between. Um, how they banter and the songs they come up with and sing from the terraces and that sort of thing. And it's all pantomime, isn't it? You know, a little German girl crying. Yeah, but, you know, um, I don't think it's that bad where people were cheering and laughing and that sort of thing. You know, she was shown on the big screen, she's crying. You know, it's the epitome of what um, the British sense of humour is a little bit. It's a little bit dark. It's a little bit, you know, near the knuckle. You know, they, it's because we always get dicked by Germany in football. And it was just that coming out, you know. It's not like, ah, there you go, ah, that's what you get. It's just, wee. You know, there's a difference between the sort of like pantomime of it. It's very, the crowd is, it's how I would imagine, um, a football game is how I imagine when you hear about the fucking crowds at the Globe when Shakespeare was doing fucking plays and shit like that. I know it's a bit hoity-toity. But it's got that sort of like heckly nature to it, football. It's a release for a lot of people. It's a release at the weekend uh, for working class people, basically. They work all week in fucking shit jobs. Just about paying, having enough money to put some food on the fucking table. They go to the football to have that release just to get out all of that pent up fucking frustration and shit that they take in the week from their fucking bosses in their shitty jobs. And um, if if one cheer against a German girl crying, you know, I don't know. Somebody will no doubt set up something for her. There we go. Um, But we're not the only ones who do it. We're not, you know. 
I, I was talking about this like a couple of podcasts ago as well. Everything seems to go back to the Second World War in Europe, doesn't it? All the rivalries. You know, England fucking hate Germany, yes. In football and that sort of thing. Although, you know, I'm sure the average England supporter, when they meet, you know, a German supporter, they'll be as friendly as anything most of the time. There's enough Brits who go over to Germany for fucking, you know, the beer festivals, Oktoberfest and that sort of thing. And, uh, and, and you know, it's... It's a, it becomes like a pack mentality with football and, and sometimes that can go over into violence and things like that, which is obviously a bad thing. <laughs> which is obviously a bad thing. But, you know, there's that sort of like camaraderie, a lot of camaraderie with, um, uh, with supporting your team and then your country and, and that sort of thing. And uh, and it'd be a shame if that sort of thing was lost, ever lost. You go to a fucking football game, and you hear the chant and stuff like that, and then you go to a rugby game. It's totally different atmosphere. Totally, totally different atmosphere. The atmosphere at football grounds are amazing. The atmosphere at rugby grounds. I've been down to the um, the Saints ground and watched a couple of games down there. And the atmosphere is just totally different. Totally, totally different. It's almost like... Um, you you watch these reaction videos on online with, like, uh, people, like, Americans or something, what, and they're watching... Um, they're watching the chants from uh, England uh, England games and the Premier League and, like, the chants that the, the fans come up with. And uh, they, it just blows their fucking mind. Because they don't have that atmosphere in stadiums over there. And Rugby Union is exactly the same over here. They don't have the same atmosphere. It's chalk and cheese with um, uh, football and rugby. And it, and it is all based on class. All based on that. Work, predominantly working class people go and watch football. Predominantly middle class people go and watch Rugby Union. And that is the divide. One looks down on the other. And, um, you know, they take a penalty in rugby, like a penalty kick or whatever in rugby, and it's fucking silent in the stadium. You take a penalty in football, and there's fucking people behind the goal fucking making the wanker sign at you and, you know, trying to put you off and shit like that. But it's all pantomime, isn't it? It's all pantomime. Until people take it too far, obviously. Um, but there you go. But it all goes back, you know, like people slagging off, like already slagging off uh, England supporters for the anti-German sentiment and stuff like that. We're not the only country who hates other countries. You know what I mean? The French hate the Italians. The Italians hate the fucking French. That probably goes back to the war. The Dutch hate the Germans. That definitely goes back to the war. You've had in the past, like, what was it, Ronald Koeman, after uh, uh, the Netherlands beat Germany once, he swapped shirts with a German player and wiped his ass on it at the end of the game. I mean, come on. We're not the only nation 
that fucking does fucking weird shit. You had the fucking Rudy Voller, Frank Roycard fucking spitting contest, didn't you? Where there was, you know, where Roycard spat on Rudy Voller twice during a game. Spain hate Italy. Spain hate. <laughs> this is this is the thing. Spain hate each other. There's part, you know, with the old. Um, Barca and Real Madrid, Catalonia, fucking shit going on. You've got all that shit going on. And this is where everything, all of those teams in England are all funneled down into the England team. You've got, you know, even like Man United, out Chelsea, Liverpool, eight Man United, eight Chelsea, eight Man City. You know, no team supporters like other team supporters anywhere in the world. But when the Euros come about, the only ever time that you would have um, everybody in the world, you know, together on something, I firmly believe this, is if aliens come down and challenged us to a fucking match at football, you'd have the whole world against <laughs> against them that's the only way you're going to get everybody to come together in the world that's how sport can do that they come down for a fucking you know a galaxy fucking uh cup final against uh our earth and we we put an earth's team together that's the only you know and there would have to be something important on the line like the loser gets wiped out or something like that, and everybody on earth would come together to support our team. And you'd still have people going, well, I don't like this anti-alien sentiment coming coming about. I don't think we ought to uh, particularly uh, support this Mildred. What about you? A uh, little bit of coffee there. I always seem to use the name Mildred. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the crux of the situation is I'm a little bit excited. I'm happy about it. Um, we're through to the next round. And um, and hopefully, I just don't want us to go out in a lame way. You know what I mean? I want us to, typical Englishman, I want us to put up a good fight. And when we go out, we go out, you know, not on our knees, but fucking standing proud and uh, and other other you know cliched references from football. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus! Here we go. Maybe I got a bit too carried away. Anyway, um, talking of um, uh, Britishness, Englishness. I don't know. Here we go from one. Uh, from one uh, situation to another, um, it's uh, um, the Ministry of Defence in this country, in our fair isles here, um, are sorry after secret papers were left at a bus stop. Didn't they do this before? I'm sure they've done this before. They're always leaving secret. Pa- they're always leaving secret papers on a train or at a bus stop or something like that. There's nobody, you know. Do they not do that thing where they tie the briefcase to the wrist anymore? Do they not do that? Is that just a thing they do in films? So they have to, like, cut off their wrist? Did that ever exist? 
It's a little bit more coffee there. I'm going to have to finish this, man. And not do that anymore. And people just casually. Plus the fact, who has documents printed out anymore? If you're going to have secret documents, surely the best way would be to put it on a fucking dongle or a USB stick or something like that, wouldn't it? And have it encrypted, wouldn't it? If they're top secret, you fucking just, you know. Are we still at that stage where we're like early Bond films from the 60s where we're walking around with a brown manila envelope with top secret stamped on it? Is that it? For some guy with a... You know, with a flick knife in his fucking boot to come up behind you and whack you in your spine. And then as you go down, you just see a hand reaching for the documents. Is that on it? The government has said it is carrying out a thorough investigation into how classified defence documents were found at a bus stop in Kent. (laughs) This is, is this, do we need funding for our Ministry of Defence now? That people carrying classified defence documents are taking the bus. I don't know. Is that is that what it's come to? Defence Minister Jeremy Quinn told MPs he was very sorry it had happened. He said it appeared to be a mistake by a, by a, made by a senior official when the person's access to sensitive material has been temporarily suspended. He's being sweated down, isn't he? They were top secret, not fucking, you know. It's not a pamphlet to be left at a bus stop. The documents which were held, ha- handed to the BBC. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm surprised they weren't handed to um, uh, to a newspaper so somebody could get some money for it. I doubt if the old BBC are coughing up on that, are they? Contain details of HMS Defender and the military. What sort of details? They were found in a soggy heap behind a bus stop in Kent early. <laughs> it sounds like he's uh, sounds like he's been up to no good. Is this in a red light district? This uh, this bus stop by any chance? In a statement to the Commons on Monday, Mister Quinn said the documents included a paper that was marked secret, UK eyes only. Nobody, I tell you what. Only people from the UK can read this. Maybe he, um, uh, maybe he just thought, oh, well, anyone from the UK can see these documents. Uh, so I shall leave them here behind this bus stop. Secret UK eyes only. Like if somebody from Russia found that, they're going to, they're going to be like, oh, no, sorry. Sorry, can't read this. If only. If only one of us had a UK passport, then we could uh, have a read of these. But these are secret US, UK eyes only. Only for UK eyes, this is, this is top secret shit. Is it really secret shit, though? Really? If it, you know, if it contains information about HMS Defender, which is out there, you know, It's on the sea, isn't it? What have they got, you know, in the files there? Actually, it's got a fucking casino downstairs and a fucking water slide. Woo! You know, how secret... What sort of secret stuff are you going to find out about a... um, 
a ship that already exists. That if you really, really, really wanted to know what goes on in there, you could probably find out by Googling it. <laughs> ah, HMS Defender, a fucking nuclear warship. Oh, shit. That's a secret. That's a shit we were trying to fucking keep a secret, baby. Get rid of the casino. Keep the fucking water slide. Um, Yeah, how much, you know... Uh, Mr. Quinn also asked whether the investigation will consider whether any official secrets laws were broken by the BBC in reporting on the documents. Really? That's a, that sounds like somebody trying to dig themselves out of a fucking hole, doesn't it? That's somebody who's gone, yeah, well, we did leave the documents, but you shouldn't have reported on it. So uh, we're going to see if there's legal action deflect. Isn't it? That's kind of like, say, you know, like, yeah, I did cheat on you, but uh, you just looked at that guy over there. So, you know, we're even. We're even. And they're making it all about that. <laughs> yeah, I fucked about eight different guys, but um, you weren't giving me the attention that I needed. So it's all about you. Jesus. Are the military really doing that? Are they? In an ideal and proper world, these documents should have been made, uh, should have been available where they were. So that's where the original fault clearly lies. Should not have been. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, you know, secret document, officially secret documents shouldn't really be stored behind public bus shelters. Should they really? You know. Most people, you know, it's got to be like a locked filing cabinet at. At the very least, possibly a vault, you know. The stamps on there, though, you know. If you had top secret documents that you didn't want getting out, you wouldn't mark them up top secret, would you? Everybody, you know, if you came across an envelope in the road and it said top secret on, you're going to have a look, aren't you? If you come past a, a brown envelope just blown about the street, with no markings on it whatsoever, you'd just be like, oh, that probably fell out of somebody's recycling or something, wouldn't it? If you're a good person, you put it in a recycling bin outside. Most people just let it blow around. Until somebody whose menial job it is comes along to with one of those fucking hook things and picks it up. I don't know, man. Jesus Christ. What is this fucking country coming through? We're coming through a victory, people. That happened earlier this evening. Anyway, uh, that is uh, episode 225 of the Ben Briggs podcast. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that, uh, it is just podcast at benbriggs.co.uk. Um, I will be back on Saturday, motherfuckers. Um, have a good rest of your week. I'll speak to you then. Take care.